The Untethered Soul by Michael A. Singer. One sentence summary. The untethered soul describes how you can untie yourself from your ego, harness your inner energy, expand beyond yourself and float through the river of life instead of blocking or fighting it. My favorite quote from the author is, There is nothing more important to true growth than realizing that you are not the voice of the mind. You are the one who hears it. Michael A. Singer Books and Oprah Winfrey have a two-way, positively reinforcing relationship. If Oprah picks a book to show to her audience, those book sales are sure to go through the roof. Vice versa, you can be sure that the book Oprah picked is a good one and that it's made a big impact on her. So when Oprah interviewed Michael A. Singer in 2012, you can bet that she put a lot of thought into why he was a good person to talk to. He explains spirituality in plain terms. He's not a guru and makes what he describes as the untethered soul easy to understand and attain for everyone. His book of the same name is about reaching a state of well-being and acceptance by letting life flow through you without ever blocking its stream of energy. Here are my three favorite lessons. 1. There are two separate versions of you, and your personal self is just one of them. 2. Your inner energy is real, and the more you can let it flow through you, the better. 3. Think about death often to make sure your priorities are in the right order. Want to untether yourself from your consciousness without having to become a recluse? Here's some spiritual sense for normal people. The Untethered Soul Lesson 1 Your thoughts don't define you. They're just outputs of what your consciousness perceives. This answers the question, what is the mental shift we can make to remove ourselves from our thoughts? We all have an inner monologue going. 24-7, 365, our inner voice is talking, directing how we navigate the world, and it rarely ever shuts off. The first step towards an untethered soul is realizing that this happens, because only then can you stop, pause, and take a step back to look at what's going on. After all, your thoughts don't define who you are. For example, if you often feel sad, you might start to think you're just a sad person in general, when in reality these thoughts are nothing more than objects flowing through you. It just so happens that your inner voice keeps picking them up. This distinction is important. Singer calls it the difference between yourself and your personal self. Yourself is the pure stream of consciousness that just keeps on flowing. Your personal self is the identity you form based on how your inner voice perceives the stream of consciousness and the thought patterns that emerge from it. Once you realize there's a difference, you look at yourself in a whole different light. The Untethered Soul Lesson 2 Inner energy, though intangible, is very much real and the more you can let it flow, the better. This answers the question, how much of our energy is actually spiritual and not necessarily physical? How much of it is in the mind? If you've ever had a surge of energy you couldn't really explain or that at least didn't seem to make sense from a physical standpoint, you've witnessed the power of the mind. For example, Yesterday, I was supposed to drive two hours to Frankfurt and meet up with a bunch of old and new friends. When I woke up in the morning, I didn't feel too good and thought about cancelling the trip. Once I decided to go and sat in the car with some music, I suddenly felt like I could take on the world. Some call it chakra, some call it chi or kai, some call it shakti, but whatever you label it, this inner energy we all have, though intangible, is very much real and you should never underestimate it. 
In the same way it can empower us, it can also drag us down if we block it. For example, ever since, uh, ever since I sent an email on Wednesday, I was anxious about the potential reply I would get. So my mind clung to it. I kept thinking about it and I couldn't let it go. This stressed me and I could only let it go two days later when I realized nothing bad would happen. It's important to learn to let such negative thoughts just pass through so they won't block your inner flow of energy. The Untethered Soul Lesson 3 Death is what gives life meaning, so reflect on it often. This answers the question, is it really important to think about death? Did you know that humans are the only beings that know in advance that they will one day die? Imagine we didn't know. We'd probably live our lives really carelessly. While death is one of our biggest fears, though not as big as public speaking, it's also what gives life meaning. I keep relearning this lesson, and since I've been following Gary Vee a lot, I keep getting reminded of it. Knowing that you're going to die and that your time on this planet is finite is one of the single greatest ways to get you focused on what really matters to you in life. For example, if you're the jealous type and seeing your partner talk to someone else at a party already makes you mad, imagine what you'd want them to do once you're gone. Does it really matter who they talk to as long as they're happy? Whatever it is you want to do in life, it's, if it's worth doing before you die, chances are it's very much worth doing right now. Don't wait. This is your only at-bat. Here's what I learned from The Untethered Soul by Michael A. Singer. First, I'd like to say that this was the book that helped me realize something. And it's that I respond to rational explanations better than to spiritual ones, okay? So, like all humans, I love stories, I love good stories, but the stories I love the most or I find the most inspiring are real stories. So, I like science fiction, I love Harry Potter and all that stuff, right? I love good fiction, but when I see someone pull off something or... I hear how they did it or I watch a movie about some crazy survivor from some concentration camp or something, that gets to me a lot more. And it's not just that the real inspiration is more powerful for me, it's also that it's the, the rational explanation of it is also more powerful for me. So maybe a combination of, of rational of facts and figures and so on and a story and a good story, sure, but more so than just a spiritual story, okay? So some people respond really well to the to spiritual terminology, um, to Eastern philosophy, which I also kind of like, but uh, when it gets too wooey and too sort of, there's too many abstract terms and they're talking about all kinds of energy and, and forget about that, that crystal crap and here's your lifeline, all that kind of, right? The, the pseudoscience, forget about that for a second. This was the book that helped me realize that. And it's also because I think this book is right at the intersection, right? It's right in the middle. It's, it's spiritual, but it's, uh, it's just, it's just at the border of where it gets too cheesy. So this was sort of for me, ah, right, this is my stopping point, right? It's like this book and no further, right? So if it gets any more, any crazier, I'm out. That's the first thing. So, and that's a good thing to know about yourself too, I think. It's important. Uh, 
second thing is uh, from his interview with Oprah, I took away one thing, and that was a very powerful exercise because I know the first lesson sounds kind. This first lesson sounds kind of confusing with your stream of consciousness, and then what does your voice pick up? But basically, what Michael is saying is that there's your stream of consciousness, all the stuff that's happening and that's flowing through you, and the thoughts. And then there's what you notice of it, right? So you don't notice everything because otherwise you would collapse under the massive amount of information. But your inner voice, your inner, your personal self, it picks up certain things, right? So like, ah, I'm angry or now I'm sad or now I'm happy. But these are all just moments in time, right? Because the stream never stops flowing, whether you sleep, whether you're awake, whether you're conscious, unconscious and so on. So that's the distinction he makes. And in an interview, what he said was what I thought was really powerful is that when you notice your inner voice picks these bad feelings, basically when you're feeling bad, you can step back and you can sort of he lean back, lean back. And he leans back in his chair. He literally leans back and he says, you can lean out of this stream of consciousness or whatever the voice is picked. You can lean back from it and say, let me watch it. Like, let me watch this thing pass. Let me just check it out. Let me look at it from the back here. I'm leaning back. Let me watch it from here. And and notice what's what's going on with it, right? So he, that that's a, I like this analogy because it explained really well this whole idea of the inner observer. That's just the whole idea, really. You want to be able to observe your own thoughts, what's going on in your head. You want to be able to step back and look objectively at what's going on in your head and then say, yeah, you know what? Being angry is actually not very helpful right now. So you know what? I'll pass and I'll just figure out how I'm going to solve this problem. That's the that's the power that this whole inner observer holds. And leaning back, leaning away from negative feelings, for example, I think that's a very powerful idea. Inner energy, I mean, you could just call it willpower. It's scientifically, studies point more and more towards the fact that willpower is actually more psychological. So when it's 10 at night, 10 p.m., and you suddenly have a crazy good idea and you stay up and you work all night until 5 a.m. and then you realize, man, time just flew by, it passed. That's that's willpower at work. And that's this inner energy Michael is talking about. So you can run fine on four hours of sleep occasionally. You can. There's lots of things you can do which you'd never think you could do because you still have this inner energy available to you. And again, just knowing that is so, and paying attention to it and when it happens in both ways, I think that's really a good place to start uh, to try to make the most of this. And lastly, death is what gives life meaning. I think that was a quote from... Doctor Strange. I think the new Doctor Strange movie, it had something about that. Um, so that just if we didn't die, we wouldn't learn much because we wouldn't be forced to, right? And if we didn't die, we wouldn't have to worry about time. So we would probably never do anything useful because that's just not how humans work, right? There's this whole thing about procrastination and and doing everything the day before the deadline, the reason that works and the reason people do it is because there is a deadline. But if there wasn't, if there was no deadline on life, why would you ever do anything, right? And so it's tough to remember. And in the beginning, especially, it's hard to deal with this topic in the first place. But once you do it and once you get used to it, I think it's kind of, it's not fun, but it's motivating, right? So it's not like I want to die, but just remembering it, it's like, oh yeah, your time's limited. Like you better 
figure some things out and you better deal with them now. For the same reason, by the way, I'm recording summaries today. It's a Sunday. Actually, I would much rather take the time off. That's one thing. And second, I have a shit ton of other things to do for college that I'm not doing right now because this is actually more important. Because A, I want to get this out to you. B, it's going to be a product that's going to help me more money, free more of my time, of this little time that I have while I'm here. And so I'm doing this, right? So it's important for me to do this now. And there's no reason to wait. Might as well do it today. Sunday, Monday, I don't care. So as you can see, this is, it goes towards the spiritual direction. If you respond well to spiritual stuff, you'll love this book. If you don't, you'll still like it and you'll likely find something similar to me where it's like, okay, this is sort of as far as I can go with spiritual stuff and then I'm going to have to turn back and go back to where it's a little more rational, practical, case study, science, all that kind of stuff, all right? So I think that that's that alone makes this book worth uh, gives makes this book worth a shot. Uh, I think it's good. If you go to YouTube and look for Michael Singer interview Oprah, that'll be helpful too. It'll give you an idea of the guy, whether you like him or not. And then you can just make up your mind and see whether you want to find out more about this. I hope you enjoyed and I will see you on the next summary.